And the title of my message tonight is Have Faith in God. Everyone say, Have Faith in God. And um, God's put, been, this message has been stirring in my heart now for about six weeks. And, and it was around the same time that Hartley um, sent me a text, or the people from the office sent me a text about preaching here. And, and this fitted with the theme. And, and God has just been putting this more and more in my heart. Mark 11, 22 to 24. So Jesus said to them, he said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, everybody say whoever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever, say whatever, whatever he says, whoever and whatever. But it starts off saying, have faith in God. Faith in God is as simple as a decision. You just decide that you're going to believe in Him. You just make the choice. The choice is yours. The Bible says we are saved by grace, which means it's free through faith. If it just said we were saved by grace, then the whole world would be saved. Because if grace could just save you like that, everybody in the world would be saved just like that. Because God's poured out His grace to all men, the Bible says. But we are saved by grace through faith. Some people just haven't made a decision to walk in faith, to believe and to receive. It's so simple. I was down in Canberra on the weekend. We had an amazing time. It was a great C3 church down there. i got to tell you, it is the only church I've been to that I would say is kind of about a fraction close to being as friendly as this church it is so i'm telling you guys we've got to start to lift they are pushing right they're really right there it was amazing and everybody's been saying to me oh look you're going down to canberra they're all public servants down there they're all university degrees and you know intellectual and you you know you're just going to have to be careful be led by the holy spirit well i prayed i preached the simplest message that i've got I preach the same as what I preached to a bunch of farmers in the Riverina. And people just responded. And they came back for more. Record numbers in the night crowd, they came back. And 28 people came on the altar throughout the day, receiving Christ, half of them. The other half got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. And even more than that came forth to be prayed for and they got set free. One lady, we've had, we're having a lot of this lately. One lady was in a, in a crowd, I would just prayed over the congregation just to speed the meeting up and um and she had she was having extreme panic attacks this girl about 16 high school girl her panic attacks were so bad that they couldn't tell whether it was a panic attack or whether it was a seizure like an epileptic seizure she would just freeze and shake with horror well her panic attacks left her in that meeting as the power of god came upon her we had a lady in this service here today. i'm not sure she's here tonight but she's had voices, like loud voices, so loud in her head that she can't hear other people when they're talking to her. And the voices just left her. When we laid hands on her, the voices left. After three and a half years, the voices have gone. Like, can you believe what that's like? Come on, let's glorify Him. That was, that was today. I love, I love a testimony that comes from today or last week. Amen. They're the best ones. Have faith.
faith in God. I was on a job site recently and it was on a hot day and the lady asked me, she said, would you like a cup of tea? And I said, oh, I'd love a cup of tea. How do you have your tea? I want with, with um, no sugar. And then she goes, oh, there's a problem. She says, we, 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 we don't have any lactose. We, we're milk-free. Our house, I can give you soy. I said, no, don't worry. I just have a glass of water. <laughs> and she said, yeah, my little, my little daughter, who's like 18 months old, this cutest little baby, has got all this um, intolerance to food and all these things going on. And I said to her, I said, oh, and I said, we get to pray for that almost every weekend. And we see lots and lots of people with all those conditions, people in their 50s, people who are who children, all ages, God heals them and they can eat anything they want. And, and I, I said, look, I said, go and have a look on my website. And I gave her a couple of details. I said, let me focus on this. Let me fix your car here. And then after we finish, we'll talk some more. And I said, and I said to her, I said, look, you probably want to tell your husband because I'm sort of, I'm, you know, I'm on his turf here right now. You better make sure he's okay if we're going to pray for this child. Talk to him. Because, you know, I wouldn't want some guy muscling in on my territory. <laughs> anyway, so, so she came out late. She said, yeah, I spoke to him. He said, yeah, whatever, I don't care. And um, typical Aussie guy. Anyway, and it wasn't her husband, it was her partner. But Holy Spirit said, let that go through to the keeper. You know, God sometimes says, let things go to the, through to the keeper. When you're talking to people, he'll say that. He'll say, let that go through to the keeper. You know what that means in cricket? Someone throws a wild ball, they just duck. Let it go through to the keeper. They don't swing at it. You know, if we swung at everything that we saw wrong in people's lives, we'd be trying to be God ourselves. So I just ducked to let that one go through to the keeper. And then we're chatting and, and I thought, I've got to share. She said, well, how does this work? You know, what do I do to... What do, you, what, do you, what do you do? She said, how does it all? I said, well, look, the reason why it works is because Jesus said these words. He said, you'll lay your hands on the sick. It says it in the Bible, and they shall recover. And the reason why it all underpins everything is the fact that he died for your sins and for my sins, which not includes just sins. It includes all the sicknesses. Because I said, whether you believe in the devil or not, he's real. And, and all these things come through him, either directly or indirectly, either the earth and on affecting people on their lives. And all you have to do is believe in the name of Jesus because he rose from the grave, defeated the devil, and you can have that victory that he offers here today. That's a testimony to the fact that he rose from the dead. You know, the reason Jesus had this righteousness on the inside of him that was so great. The righteousness was infinite. He's the son of God, created the universe. And that righteousness on the inside of him was so infinite, it had the capacity to, to, to counter all the sins of mankind throughout all the ages. Because he was God. He had infinite, infinity righteousness on the inside of him. And you see, if, he, if his righteousness was this much short of being able to atone for the sins of the earth, well, he wouldn't have been risen out of the ground. But because his righteousness was able to absorb the sins of all mankind and then have a whole bunch left over, he, he rose. God raised him from the dead. Death couldn't hold him down. Why? Because death had nothing on him. Death had nothing to grab hold of to keep him there. Because his righteousness was way greater than your sin and my sin and the sins of all mankind. How powerful is that? And the Holy Ghost moves today as
proving that Christ rose from the grave. And I said, this lady, that's how it works. And I'm just going to speak to this condition. So as I'm about to pray for this little child, the Holy Spirit says to me, new age, new age, new age. This lady's in new age. And I thought, okay. Now, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's in your control. Like he, he doesn't cut you out of the picture. I said, okay, well, I'm not going to mention that now. I'm going to pray for this boy first because I don't want her to think she's got to jump through hurdles to get God's grace. So I prayed for the little little girl, rather, little cutest little girl. And then prayed, and then I said, look, I said, I've got to ask you a question. Have you, have you ever been into New Age? And um, New Age people know what New Age is. That's the funny thing about it. They know. And it wasn't yoga, it was, it was Reiki. That's right, Reiki. And she said, yeah, I've been into Reiki. And I said, well, you need to know that that's demonic. I can tell you from first-hand experience. I haven't actually done it, but I've been in their meetings to get first-hand knowledge of what goes on and to pray for people who are in there and they went back and got their money back the next day because God delivered them from the demon that that lady was trying to put in them. Serious, I could spend an hour and tell you how it works. The bloke was a shearer, a farmer and a shearer. And he said, I had no idea this was like this. He said, I'm laying on this thing because I prayed the blood of Jesus over him. I said, I just pray the blood. He, he, I said, can I pray for you? He goes, yeah. And he thought I meant when I got home. I said, no, I'm just pray the blood of Jesus on you right now. It's like he freaked out, prayed that on him. And then we all had to go because we didn't pay our $400, but he did. So he stayed on and did this course all that night. He said, I was laying on this bed. And this woman was doing all these incantations over me. There's two, there's two candles of incense burning on the altar and a photo of this Chinese guy from 100 years ago, 200 years ago on the side of the, you know, they're offering up these things to him, ushering in the demonic forces. And they're doing all this stuff over me like this. And he said, I'm lying there. This is an Aussie farmer and a shearer. And he says, he says, I just felt this black coming in over me, just coming right over me like this. And, and he said, all I could remember was what you said. Now, he's a good Lutheran man. He said, the body and blood of Jesus, the body and blood of Jesus, the body. And, and he said, as soon as I started to say that, it just went away. And he said, oh, and then it started to come back again. So he said, the body and blood of Jesus, the body and blood of Jesus. And then it went away. God, God showed him who was boss. And he showed him what was true. And I said to this lady, I said, you have to make your own decision. But you've got to make a decision. You see, the Holy Spirit comes and he knocks on your door. But it's your, your spiritual life is like an appetite. And if God doesn't feed it, something else will. But when your appetite gets fed, guess what? You're no longer hungry anymore. And so God's going to be there, but you're not hungry now. The Bible says, seek him while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And I said to this lady, there's a reason why the Bible says that is because there will come a time, hopefully you won't get run over by a bus or something like that. I don't believe you will. But there'll come a time if you, if you shut the Holy Spirit out of your life, if you close the door on him and say, not now, there will come a day where he'll be knocking. But every time he's knocking, it gets softer and softer and softer because your appetite grows cold towards him. You can't afford to put him off. Some people do that with receiving the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's all the same. You can't put him off. It's a decision. Have faith in God. And Jesus said, for assuredly, I say to you. You know, when Jesus speaks, or anything that's written in the Bible is the word of God, we know that. But when Jesus speaks... It's the word of God written in red. 
It's word of God that's coming from God. It's the, all, all scripture is God breathed. I'm not trying to create a distinction, but I'm just trying to highlight what's written in red in your Bible. It's the word of God. Jesus said, for assuredly I say, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt, does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt. You see, we have to get to a place. You can say things and they won't necessarily, you could say, I'm going to be a millionaire by next Saturday night, praise God. <laughs> you can try that, but it probably won't work because you've got to follow what this says. says whoever and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. So it's things that are in your heart that will come to pass. And your heart is built on the word of God. That You can't bend or break the word of God. It's just super strong all the time. It's, your heart becomes what I like to call locked in. Where it's just, it's made up. And, and the way that you do that is you cast your cares on him. It's one of my favorite scriptures these days. I preach it everywhere I go. I think I preached it here last time as well. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And then a second scripture that kind of takes that even further is in Psalm, that first one was 1 Peter 5. Second one is in Psalm 55 and verse 22. The Bible says, cast your burdens on the Lord. Cast all your burdens, rather, on the Lord and he will sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. See, you're locked in. You are locked in when you are in the Word of God. You come to a place where you put your burdens onto Jesus, you trust Jesus that it's all going to work out, and you just say, I'm going to believe. Your head will go here and your head will go there, and there'll be all kinds of things that sway you to the left and to the right. There'll be all these voices. You see, when, when um, the synagogue ruler, Jairus, comes to Jesus, and his little girl is at the point of death, it can't get any worse. She's one breath away. And he says, will you come and lay your hands on her that she may be made well? And Jesus said, sure, I'll come. Well, he says, oh, hallelujah. Because there's only one Jesus that time. And if, if Jesus doesn't come, it's not going to happen. He's the only one on, on the planet who can heal. And he's, oh, praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, and the weight's lifted off his shoulders and he's got a smile and a spring in his step and faith's arising in his heart and they're starting to head off towards his place and the crowds are there and other people are getting healed and miracles are happening and he thinks, yep, I'm next, here it comes, here it comes. And then all of a sudden this delegation of people come out from, from, the, from his home and they say, no, don't, don't bother Jesus anymore, don't bother him anymore, little girl, she just died, she's dead. And the, 
Bible says, if we got that scripture up there, the one in, I think it's in Mark, the Bible says, immediately, when Jesus heard the words, immediately, he said to him, only believe. I believe he grabbed that guy by the head and turned his head away from that crowd, blocked his ears and said, only believe. Immediately, as soon as the oppression come, as soon as the bad news come. Jesus said, see, so often we, we start to walk in faith. We believe in God, we hear from God, we get a word from God. And then, oh, it's like we get a sign from God. It's like, wow, God's coming. It's all And then what happens? We get a whole wave of bad news. It actually starts to go the opposite way to what we thought the promises of God would say. Who's been there? It just seems to be the, the flow in life. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, here it comes, even in darkness light dawns for the upright. Come on, come on. Even in darkness light dawns for the upright. For the gracious and compassionate and righteous man, good will come, it will come. I said it will come. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. Why? Because his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. He's locked it in. It's like, well, I don't care. This is what the Word says. I'm locked in, Eddie. I'm not going anywhere. Like you would your message, you're bobbing up and down, hanging on to that word. That's the best place in all the world. You've got to hang in there, people. Having faith. Speak to the mountain. And then you've got to hang in. You've got to hang in. Now, what was my third point? You'll have whatever you say. Last year, I was listening to some political YouTubes like I tend to do, probably too much. And um, anyhow, this one uh, Aussie guy, this senator guy, Christian guy, he was on there and his panel was grilling in him. He's talking about marriage and family and Christian ways of doing things and all that. And this, I don't know, it might have been the Channel 10 or whoever it was, they were pretty critical. And they're, they're like Bible bashing, you know. They're bashing the Bible, these guys. He's not Bible. They're Bible bashing. The, the sinners are trying to pound the Word of God, destroy it. And he mentioned something about the Scriptures. He wasn't even hardly majoring on, but somewhere it came out. And they said, oh, that's not relevant. Bible's not relevant. No, you can't use that. That's, that. You know, the Bible, the Bible actually, it, 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 it condones slavery, it says. And if you look in... Um, in Titus chapter 5, it talks about how slaves be obedient to your masters as, in, as, is, as it is fitting in the laws. And they quote that and they say, look, that's how out, of, how out of date this book is. It promotes slavery. It's like, for goodness sakes, it's, it's back in the dark ages. We've moved on from there. We sure have in some ways. 
not not in good ways. And um, and I'm thinking, oh. And God said, well, what would you have said? Because I've got the benefit of hindsight. This poor guy, he's on national television. He's not a preacher. He's just a politician trying to do his best. And all of a sudden it came to me. I would have said, well, the Bible has quite a lot to say about slavery. If you go right back to the book of Genesis, there's a man called Joseph who was sold as a slave, a free man that was sold as a slave. But because he believed, because he said the right things, because he trusted God, God took him out of slavery and made him the prime minister of the country. That's what God thinks of slavery. He'll deliver you out of slavery quick as a flash. Not only did that man get put into slavery, but he was, so, he was, he was framed and then he was put in jail. So he is not just a slave, but he was a prisoner as well. And by the power of God, he was delivered out of jail and out of slavery. Became the second most powerful man in the whole world. You want to see what the Bible has to say about slavery? Let me keep going while we're on this subject. I would love to be on this panel in hindsight. And then, and then a few hundred years later, all that man's descendants, once again, they were slaves in Egypt under the most brutal of taskmasters being forced to hard labor and, and they had their children robbed off them and all kinds of horrific things done to them. And God sent a deliverer called Moses, who's a type of Jesus himself, and Jesus came and, and Moses came and delivered them out of slavery with signs and wonders and miracles. He parted the Red Sea and they walked through on dry ground and all the slave haters, the slave traders, the slave, you know, whatever you call those people, the slave masters, they were drowned in the sea by the power of God. And if Jesus was here today, he wouldn't talk about slavery like you're talking about it. He would talk about the slavery that's in your heart. He would say, you are slave to lust. Are you a slave to hatred today? Are you a slave to sin today? Are you a slave to, to, to greed and to wealth and to accumulation of the things of this world? He would ask those kinds of questions. And what would you say? You'd say, oh, I need you to save me, Jesus. You see, the Bible, this will help you. The Bible gives no room gives no oxygen to a victim. Let me explain. That media presentation was focused totally on victimhood. Oh, but what about the poor slave? Jesus said, if you're a slave, rejoice because you're Christ's freed man. And he said, if you're a freed man, don't get too carried away because really you're Christ's slave. That's what the Bible says. You see, you look at a guy like Joseph, he was sold as a slave, he was put in prison, but I'm telling you, he was never a prisoner and he was never a slave. Every day that he spent in there, year in, year out, just going round and round and round, he was never a prisoner and he was never a slave. He was in prison and he was, he was dominated as a slave, but he was never a prisoner and he was never a slave. You can't be a prisoner and you can't be a slave on the inside. You've got to keep your heart free on the inside. What's going on on the outside has got nothing to do with what's happening on the inside of your life here tonight. But the Bible will give you no oxygen if you want to focus on what's happening on the outside just like that. 
It gives no oxygen to slavery. It gives no oxygen to the, oh, what about me? What about, oh God, look at what I've been through. God will say, look what I've been through. What about what he went through? For goodness sake. Let's forget about what we went through and let's have a look at what he went through. I know you guys are up for this. This will set you free. And I'm telling you, if you don't let yourself go into victimhood, you'll have whatever you say. It will come to pass. It doesn't come straight away. It's like the tree that Jesus cursed right before that story. It took, a, it took a day or so before the whole thing withered. There was a delay. But I'm telling you, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. A victim is somebody who's living an identity that's not their true identity. That's what a victim is. Someone who's living outside of their true identity. My Bible says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have gone. Come on, the new things have come. Old things have passed away. Glory to God. Come on, can we give him some glory here tonight? I don't know where you're at here tonight, but I do know this. To come to Christ, you've got to humble yourself. To be a child of God, you've got to lay things down. Like that, that dear lady, going back to that first story, I didn't get to finish it. I prayed for her and I told her about this new age stuff. And I said to her, I said, normally what I would do, normally what I would do right now, because I was just making this up as I went, normally I would do right now is I'd pray a prayer with you, lead you in a prayer where you renounce having been involved in, in that witchcrafty stuff and, um, but, and then I thought, and I thought and you would actually receive Christ I said are you ready to receive Christ and she goes oh I'm not sure I said well if you do you'll become born again you'll be a Christian, you'll have all your sins forgiven are you sure you're ready to do that and she goes oh because this was all going too smooth and she says, oh, I don't know. I said, well, that's cool. I'm not, I'm not here to pressure you. I said, but I'm not going to pray that prayer to deliver you unless you're going to receive Christ because you'll actually be worse off if I just pray that prayer and then leave you kind of in the, in the middle zone. The Bible says you could be worse off. So I've got to come back and do some more work for her in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, it's, uh, there'll be opportunities there. But it's a decision to follow Christ will mean that you will leave some things behind in this life. But that's the only type of following Christ that works because that is real faith. The other is make-believe faith. The other is what Jesus said himself, where they, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are way behind, way they're miles away. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads right now.